Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, we are uh, we are rapidly approaching live in Louisville too, together for the rant. And uh, I got an exciting piece of news today, boys. Uh, my publisher, my my latest publisher, Harvest House, is going to get involved. Uh, they are going to be in the room that night uh, with a case of my new uh, graphic novel for like young readers. Um, it's called flex the extraordinary life of a mediocre jock. And, uh, we'll have a couple of those to give away. We'll have a, a case full of those to sell and uh pipe. We're going to have a case full of Nerf footballs. Are we not? We are. We, we confirmed this. We had, uh, a group of listeners who, uh, who pooled their resources to sponsor that. So they will get shout outs by name, uh, at least if they want it at the live event. But yes, we will have many Nerf footballs branded happy rant ready to throw into and at the crowd. I love it. You know what? Deals are being made all over the place, Piper. And I, uh, I appreciate your blurb on my graphic novel, by the way. And still, still waiting for big R's. Well, when so, I when I read something you know. about a mediocre jock, I'm immediately drawn to it because it's a it's a pretty apt description for my athletic career. Yeah, you and me both, baby. But you know, big R I know's guy. He's got other things on his mind right now, and uh, you may not have time. Sabbaticaling and talking about one's feelings take up all the time. That's a that's a lot. Of, you're looking at a lot of hours there, pipe. So I don't I don't expect I don't I don't expect anything. Big R, you take your time with it, okay? I mean, it, it is a graphic novel, so it take like 20 minutes to read, but you know, still. Thanks, um, baby. I want Thanks you to take all the time you need. And uh, boys, I want to talk about uh, Lagaris Roasters Coffee. Obviously, people know where to go to get that. But uh, pipe, we have a Patreon page, and we have room left for just a couple more patrons. Is that correct? We always have room for more patrons. We are we're actually about halfway to the financial goal we set, and the number that we put on there, we're you know trying to we're trying to raise about three hundred dollars a month in in uh, donations, more or less. Essentially, you listeners helping us, and that covers that covers our production costs, that covers hosting costs, that covers, uh, and then it also helps us put on things like the live event because there are costs that go into that and. Uh, we do not want to pass on all of those costs to you and ticket sales and be like, hey, pay us $30 to come listen to us talk. So, I mean, Ronnie wants us to charge $30 a ticket because Ronnie is the consummate businessman. I, however, mm-hmm. am not a consummate businessman. I'm a guilt-laden evangelical who thinks money is the devil, So, um, <laughs> which also means I'm perfectly comfortable asking other people to give it to me, though. So that's what this is. Yeah, there, there's an odd, odd kind of contradiction right. there. I think we're worth it. Pipe. How about I can just say it right. Like that. I mean, and, and the thing is, you're probably right, and I'm I'm probably right in some ways, and this is all a conundrum. But the short thing, the short version of all of this is, if you go to happyrantpodcast.com, you can see a link to support us on Patreon. You can go for as little as a dollar a month, and we've had some people do that all the way up to. I mean, you could you could pay for the rest of it if you were so generous. Uh, there's also some free stuff included. If depending on what level you support us at, so some free Ligaris Roasters coffee, some free books, some free perks here and there as, you know, as we do different events and things like that. So you can find all that at Happy Rent Podcast. We would really appreciate your support. And it just takes a bit of a burden off of us in making this podcast happen. And it also, get, you know, for example, gives Ted and I the, the uh, opportunity to do a sports podcast on the side, which Ronnie will now grump about, even though Ronnie doesn't want to be involved in it. No, I'm good with it, baby. I, I'm good. Why do you say that? I'm totally good. Do your do your sports your sports thing. 
Great. We will. Good. We will do our sports thing. Good. I mean, I mean, you know, I'll come up. I'll come up with a little side gig, right? I mean, maybe I can come up. Oh, with a side gig. I see. I see. You know, maybe, right. maybe I can come up with some with some like sporty thing. Do you want listener? I don't know. Do you want listener suggestions on what on what Ronnie's side gig should be? I mean, I obviously, the be, answer to that would be absolutely not. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> I, I think absolutely I think we no may way. I think we might need some listener suggestions on what Ronnie's side gig should be. I feel I like a, I already know what I want to talk about, and I'm not really concerned with what other people think that they want me to talk about. So I, I see I, a I'm competing okay. sports podcast with Trogues in the future. <laughs> Hosted by the rant. I mean, I don't, man, that's that sounds really compelling, Big T. I mean, the I don't, business is getting really convoluted right now. Oh man. gosh, yeah, I know. We, like, this, much this like, is off the air thing we need to be doing, you know. Much like my feelings, and, and Pipe, you mentioned talking about feelings earlier, and I, and I dare say there are a few things that white affluent evangelicals love as much as the Enneagram. The Enneagram is right up there with like disc golf. Uh, settlers of Catan and like gluten intolerance for what for like white people and um and recently just, and I, justin timberlake and justin timberlake that's right that's right um recently my colleague my former uh partner in book writing kdy one kevin de young uh sent shockwaves through the white evangelical community by uh posting a a, a blistering article on Gospel Coalition about the Enneagram, and people just went bananas. Like, I had people coming out of the woodwork. People know that I've written with KDY, um, you know, and usually they, they come out of the woodwork to say very fawning things about him, like, like, do you know KDY? Do you still speak with him? You know, that sort of thing. But did you this touch, time did they you came touch out, the hem of his robe? Yeah, yeah. Have you touched the hem of his robe? Exactly. But now they, they came out to let me know how disappointed they were in KDY. Um, you guys read this piece. Uh, Big R, you are an advocate. You're a passionate supporter of the Enneagram. I want you to walk us through, in light of your Enneagram profile, walk us through like how specifically this piece wounded you um, in light of like what number you are on the Enneagram. Okay? Baby, that's really, that's really making a strong case for my love of, of all things Enneagram. I mean, you know, uh, so I'm with a network. I'm with Sojourn Network, and they are literally like batty like over the Enneagram, like the Enneagram yes. is just like 1.6 centimeters below like God's word as being like divine and should <laughs> be always trusted and listened yeah. to authoritative. Yeah. So, I mean, so I, was, I, don't, I don't know that I'm quite there, but you know, was Katie Wise article essentially just like an 8,000 word subtweet of sojourn. I think, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think Katie Wise article was just that, um, you know, like anytime something kind of verges into the philosophical or the psychological, you know, there are certain people in our tribe that can tend to, I think, lean into a little bit of their John MacArthur-ness and just want to completely take it as a tool and just kind of throw it out the window and say it's of no good use to anybody. And because I think some people take it way too far. And um, I think he was kind of pushing against – he probably has only heard the extreme end of people that say, hey, you know, um, we, we need to look into the – you know, we need to look into the crystal ball of the Enneagram before we do anything else. Before we consult God, we should probably look at the Enneagram first. He's probably uh-huh. critical of like that kind of movement with it. And yeah. so, um, of course, like all the Enneagram dudes that I know just immediately – you know, first they had to qualify themselves – for, you know, 20 minutes saying, I love Katie Weiler, everything is written. I love him. I, you know, he'd be my best friend if I knew him. And, yeah. um, but man, what you said here about the any is totally off base, Katie Y. And so I, it was, it was some good, uh, it was some good entertainment, right? 
It was, and that's the point, right? I mean, it, Gospel Coalition, as we've as we've talked about ad nauseum, like they are they are definitely in the like theological conversation business, but occasionally they they veer into the like clickbait business. Um, you know, there there was another instance of this a couple of weeks ago, which which I'd like to get into today on the show if we have time. Um, you guys know what I'm referring to, but uh, I, I think this one kind of falls into that category too. This was like rubbernecking, everybody's going to click on it, sort of, uh, sort of clickbait. Pipe, what's your take on this? And then I've, Big R, I've got a couple follow questions for you, but uh, I'm going to hang on to them. I want to hear Piper's reaction to this. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to return serve on this one back to you, Ted, because when we were texting about this, the three of us, um, you know, Ronnie gave an opinion similar to what he just said, you know, sort of that, oh, look, your John MacArthur is showing. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and you responded, Ted, to say, you kind of agree with KDY and his various points about about the uh, the Enneagram. And so I I'm interested in hearing why you agree, because I would also like to stir our listeners into a lather, because I know there's some of them out there chanting like seven, eight wing, seven, eight wing, because that's just how they define themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I agree. I, I agree. I think in spirit with what KDY wrote, I wasn't um, you know, I'll admit I didn't get through all the words. So there were, there were a lot of words. words. Yeah, there were a lot, a lot of words and I I got the gist of the words. Uh, however, I think, I think KDY kind of managed to miss the, for me, the biggest critique of the Enneagram is that it takes a, a people group that's probably teetering right on the edge of ragingly narcissistic anyway, and just gives them like (laughs) kind of full license to do more raging narcissism and self-examination all the live more nursing. And, and more nursing and, and you, you can couch the nursing in spirituality, right? So it's the best thing you can, you can think about yourself endlessly and call it like being a good Christian and, and everyone wins. So, you know, look, I'm, I'm not like hard body karate against the Enneagram. I've taken it. I think it, it, it was insightful. I thought it was interesting. I read the little thing about myself and, um, you know, and, I put and it you somewhere. got shivers all over because it's amazing when you read something about yourself and it's accurate. You're like, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. It was it was really insightful and it was accurate. And, and you know, I put it somewhere between like, you know, reading the, the placemat at a Chinese restaurant about your your uh, whatever. And, um, you know, Myers-Briggs. I like Myers-Briggs, too. But um, I, I don't know. Look, I, to me, it's a it's a tool. It can be and exercise and narcissism for a lot of people. But, um, you know, I mainly wanted to take Katie's side, Katie side, just to see like, if I could, <laughs> if I could stir the pot a little bit on here, but see if you could do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree. I actually agree with both of you guys, uh, on, mm-hmm. on this in, in different points, respectively. I agree with Ronnie that it, it came across very much as does, as do most of these sort of, Hey, here's a caution about a cultural trend. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it does come across as very fundy. You know, it's just sort of like yeah. it's it's predictable. You you could probably sure. I probably could have outlined the points for him before he wrote it. You know, <laughs> in fact, I had those thoughts when I you know, when I familiarized myself with the Enneagram, read a couple books and took, you know, took one or two of the evaluations also found it helpful. But to your point, Ted, I I do think that it is it is fuel for the narcissistic fire. But so is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we we as as people have managed to take like the gospel 
and turn it mm. to our ends. Like, yeah, the, the we've created a brand around yeah. it. Yeah, we, you're right. We, we make money off of it. We've created a brand around it. There's prosperity gospel, which is false gospel. Sure. But like we take everything good and turn it into a how can I earn and benefit and feel better from this. So I For sure. The, the difficulty in that is that you it's hard to read that article and go, oh, well, well, what is good about it? Like, there's no balance there. It's just sort of like the seesaw just keeps going where one side is like, it's terrible. And the other side is like, it's my life. And there's yeah. no, there's no balance in it. So pipe, I think KDY's biggest issue with, uh, with the any is, is not so much with the any, but with this book that he kind of took to the woodshed on the article. And I, I think the guy who wrote the book tends to lean left and tends to lean toward kind of touchy-feely emergent village circa 2004 type stuff anyway. And um, I don't know, maybe KDY was more responding to that than the any itself. Um, I don't but, but, I mean, has KDY ever been known to have an issue with 2004 emergent village stuff? Like, is that what, is that a thing? Yeah, dude, I didn't know it was a thing anymore because I thought that in 2006 or 2007, KDY and I have like killed that whole thing. So um I don't know. But Ted, I think you're right, though. I think that, you know, Sonny, I was talking to Big M and she said, actually, she goes, I really think that KDY is just tweaked by the book yeah. more than he's yeah. tweaked by the concept of Enneagram in general. Yeah. And again, the book, you have to read the book in, in light of who's writing it and the yeah. people they're quoting. I mean, you have, to, you have to take some of that with a grain. Right. But it's I, it felt to me like he was pushing hard against the book. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And Big R, so you mentioned your network is all in on the any and you mentioned that there were quote enneagram guys like can you and i know you can't make fun of people in your network so what i would like you to do is just very dispassionately describe these guys and then let pipe and i make fun of them yeah Uh, i think i i think i can make fun of them i mean i i mean would we be who we are if i can't make fun of my own guys no that's right amen baby amen so what do these guys look like and and what does the enneagram discussion look like in these meetings i want to i want you to put us in that room for a minute well, this is what happens, right? So you're in one of these meetings and you're talking and somebody starts getting a particular they there's a particular kind of passion that comes out of all of us for certain types of things, right? Like when we're talking about anything, some of us become like more animated in this direction or that direction. And then what it what it kind of becomes, which it, which is really interesting to me, man, is it becomes almost like a disarming tool. So when somebody starts going off on something that really probably due to who they are in the Enneagram is important to them and they become passionate about it, what somebody can do in the discussion if they're uncomfortable with that is they can turn around and go, hey, by the way, before you continue, what are you on the Enneagram? Yeah. And then it, yeah, almost, yeah. Like, it almost like completely disarms the whole discussion and then it basically – it basically, in a sense, it gave license to the guy asking the question to say, hey, you, you're only thinking that you're only saying that because that's where you're at on the Enneagram. So I just want the I want the whole table to know that so that yeah. we know that like you're showing a level of imbalance here that I'm not really that <laughs> cool with. Yes. Right? Yes. And so that's, that's kind of how it that's kind of how it fleshes out while everybody else just you know manically sips their coffees, kind of waiting for the awkwardness to like you yeah. know, sort of like oh, yeah. you know dissipate in the room. But so it's like it's all so any can be used as a weapon, right? To yes. say like okay, yeah. okay here, okay, I need to know who you are or to know what kind of validity I want to give, what kind of crazy stuff you're saying right now. Absolutely, because when you can re- reduce a person to like a set of numbers, it becomes much easier to eviscerate that person absolutely Um, absolutely so it's like well of course ronnie you're like i had this guy we were on this we're on a skype call and um i had this guy kind of go like i don't like 
Ronnie, hold on, man, because I was leading this discussion in a particular on a particular point. And he yeah. goes, Ronnie, I don't know, I don't know where you're, I don't know where you're at. I mean, I, I guess this is something that really um, is, is hard for you. <laughs> I, this is something that this is something that really like I, I mean I don't know where you're at in the enneagram. He said something like that, and I was like, oh, there it is. Like, yeah, like you're there, just, here like, we we're go. S- yeah, we're so opposite on the any that you don't even want to play ball with any of my thoughts right now. That's how it felt. Wow. Baby, this is fascinating. Yeah, th- this, this that that's very insightful. Yeah, it's what's, and, it's uh, basically like weaponized pettiness in the sense of like yeah. I don't want to deal in the complexity of solving conflict with you so I'm just going to be like oh you're a five I I don't want to deal with you oh you're a four you cry about everything oh you're a one that means you're just a pain because you're a perfectionist like whatever it is and and those are it the thing that I don't understand is why do people want to reduce like all of these things, so whether it's Strengths Finder or Myers Briggs or Enneagram or you know, pick your favorite evaluation, when you reduce somebody to those labels, they they completely don't serve a purpose. When you recognize that those are like applicable in contexts, then they're very beneficial. But nobody wants to deal with them in a, in a any sort of a semi complex way. And you know what's That's so true. funny about that, boys? I mean, listen, think about it. Like in the in the in the old days. It would be like, oh, well, dude, you just like you're an Arminian or like you're dispensational or you're they would go like theological with it to, to dude, sort of write true. off your position. And now yeah. it's much easier to say, hey, we're all somewhere on this Enneagram scale. So now we can just use that. We don't have to get into we don't have to go into theology with this. We can just go into personality and temperament. <laughs> it's like a this. grading scale we can all agree on. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's crazy. Except for you know, KDY. So- he doesn't agree. Dude, I totally, I'm totally with KDY right now. I completely switched my position. This is preposterous that we have the any. Dude, you flipped for the first time in in like the recorded history of the Gospel Coalition. Uh, an article has actually managed to change someone's mind instead <laughs> of just like drive people further into their like, you know, whatever, whatever strident position they were in. So th- I'm gonna this go is- click like on the article right now, baby. Right after we're done, baby. This is incredible. Drop them a note. Drop those. Drop those guys a quick note and let them know that it worked. Okay, let them know that. You know, uh, this date in history, February 7, 2018, uh, date of our recording, you changed your mind based on something that ran on their on their website. And uh, based on something that gentlemen like us discussed in a, in a gentlemanly fashion, without in a gentlemanly throwing, way, without without throwing out like, wait a minute, Ted, where yeah. are you at on the any? That's funny. I, like I took the any a while ago. And, and again, I found it very insightful and interesting, but I, I can't for the life of me remember which one of those things I am. Um so I, I couldn't even say, you know, I could I could make some up, but I, I, you know, it wouldn't be right. Let's talk about it next time. We'll, we'll all come to the table with our ennies and we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll talk about how we feel about it and how Absolutely. we're not going to listen to each other or really take each other's opinions seriously because of it. And, and it's not going to be about each other. It's going to be really about me. It's like when you make a mixtape for somebody, all the songs are about you, really. Um, that That's kind of the dynamic of the any. So we'll we'll just be essentially talking past each other. It's a, but it'll be good. It's a spiritual mixtape. It's a spiritual mixtape, right? All the songs are about my favorite person, me. Enneagram mixtapes, man. Enneagram mix. Oh, now there's a product, baby. There's a product we can sell, I bet. I, you Maybe know, we'll have it for T4R. I don't know. I'm th- just saying. That's a book idea for somebody is like what mixtape would each of the different Enneagram types make? That, uh, that would sell. That would sell like hotcakes. I don't know how well hotcakes sell, but my understanding is they sell well. They that sell, would sell man. well. If you're at IHOP, sell, we sell really well. Yeah, we could sell the heck out of those things. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah, so you know what? Maybe 
maybe we'll do this for the next step. So put a pin in that idea, boys. Maybe we'll make a mixtape. Let, let's mm-hmm. do this. Let's find out um, what Enneagram profile a couple of key like gospel coalition people have. Like if we could find Driskies or like Don Carson's or whatever. And then we'll, as a group, we'll make a mixtape for Don Carson. What are the odds that Don Carson has done the Enneagram voluntarily? Yeah, dude, if you if you <laughs> found out, dude, I want to give an award to the first person that can tell us D.A. Carson's any, and and dude, not by not by speculation, but by you know that he took it. Yeah, right. You like, have I'm, to I'm it right from my hand. Yes. Yeah. Dak would not sit happily for the any. I can tell you that right now. I tried to engage him one time in a discussion on his feelings, and it went nowhere. So that's that's dangerous ground, people. Um, boys, speaking of feelings, this is a, this is a fascinating one, Pipe, and this is why it's fun to uh, interact with the fans once in a while on Twitter. Uh, so we had a listener send in a story of a woman who who brought a man to her women's Bible study and called it a date. I believe, um, I believe the man and the woman were married, so it was bringing a husband to a women's Bible study, and the description was this is a hot date. Like, and okay. I I know no more details than this, other than the listener said I believe this is something you gentlemen would in, would enjoy sussing out. Okay, so the two the two people in question were married. Um, ostensibly, they got a sitter or whatever for the kids and uh, and the ch- childcare at women's Bible study. Don't forget. Child care at women's Bible study. And the, and the lady's like, you know what? You know what, sweetie? I'm taking you out. I'm not going to take you out on the town. And he's like, where are we going? And she goes, you know what? It's a surprise. You'll find out when you get there. <laughs> and he's super, he's super excited. He's pumped. He thinks he's going to like get a steak or maybe see the newborn movie or whatever. And they roll up to the church and they go inside. There's all the screaming bananas, little kids running around. And, and then they settle into whatever like sad Sunday school room. Uh, they use for women's Bible study. She's calling this a hot date. Now, Piper, did she give any other like clarification on her end as to why she thought this would be either hot or a date? I no, I think that was the I think that was the question the listener was posing is what in God's name was she thinking? Yes. Which is uh, which is I, a very fair question given the scenario laid out. I don't know. I, I that's the thing. I'm perplexed by this one because uh, I have no idea, Piper, what she was thinking or how how that could be a date unless um, it depends on the guy. Like, in, in, so let's do this. Let's suss out what kind of guy would enjoy that as a date. Um, and maybe not start not there. one I want to be friends with. Not, not anyone on this program. Probably. Not one I've ever known. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I can't imagine like she she brings the guy in the room. Maybe they're holding hands. Uh, he probably knows these ladies like from church or whatever. So I wonder if right away sort of the the alpha was like, so what what's your husband doing here? Or if it was just kind of like awkward chit chat all around. Um, I yeah, I can't even speculate. Boys, what, I, what thoughts do you have on this? I have I mean, I, I'm thinking of scenarios that could explain this if you decide mm-hmm. to set reality, you know, at further than arm's reach. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, they are newlyweds. Which means, yeah. which means they are they are investing heavily in their marriage, but you know maybe don't have a keen sense on how this could work. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a possibility. I mean, so I, I kind of envision a really young couple, and he, sure, you know, and he wanting to go along with this and be like, yes, yeah, so let's, you know, I'm going to yeah, participate. You you love yeah. this thing. I too am going to love this thing. Um, not realizing that you can have separate things uh, sometimes. Yeah. 
so there's one scenario. Uh, possibly, maybe that in prior weeks in that Bible study, they had been talking about uh, investing in your significant other and how to love them and care for them. And like, you mm-hmm. should date your spouse. And so the woman was like, well, free childcare, free coffee and pastries. This is a way to date my spouse. And so kind of brings him into that. Uh, so, you know, try, trying to follow the letter of the law without really maybe understanding the spirit of what was being taught. I don't know. I guess that's literally all I can come up with on on why this would work other than someone is just insane. How comfortable do you think that guy would be talking? So they're like they're diving into the Jen Wilkin book, man. They're they're getting after it. Um, you know, he has ruined essentially the the rest of the vibe in the room. So no one's going to feel comfortable like really sharing with him in there. But how comfortable do you think he feels, Big R? Well, dude, like not not very comfortable.com. <laughs> I mean, like, like here's the problem with everything we're saying. Like last time I checked, like dudes aren't invited into, into those kind of scenarios. Right. Like there's kind of a thing with women's Bible studies and, you know, on the other, on the other end, men's Bible studies where like the opposite sex doesn't really like, you know, cross the threshold into those spaces. Dude, especially, so, especially in reformed them. I feel like in reformed, yeah. reformed churches are like de facto segregated by gender anyway. And so to say, yeah. So to say that it would be awkward. Uh, I mean, I would say it's beyond awkward because you got all these women looking at this. Well, first they're they're looking at this dude. Like, why are you here? Did you get the date mixed up? You know, the men's thing is tomorrow night or whatever. Yeah. And then it has to turn to looking at the wife, going like, what? Like, what kind of punishment? Why did you bring me here? What kind yeah. of punishment are you trying to inflict on your newlywed husband right now that you forced him to come to this thing? That by the way, he's not allowed to be here. Like, dude. dude could- like he, he should be escorted out right now. Like we're going to go call like the senior pastor's wife right now and, uh-huh. and have her escort him out. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. She's going to walk him out past the, you know, past the kids area, past the Jen Wilkin books. And she'll walk in with like holding a Jen Wilkin book with like a walkie talkie and like some kind of device yeah. over. Her, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Literally escort him out of the premises. Right? I think so. I think that's appropriate. I'm that's sitting here trying to envision what it would look like for him to engage that conversation. You know, so they're all sitting around the round tables in the dingy fellowship hall and uh, yeah. or the fireside room or whatever it is their church has. And uh and, you know, they get they, – somebody muddles through the teaching part, kind of constantly giving him side eye. And then they get to the discussion part, you know, where they're going to – you know, this is the application. This is where we take what was taught and we, you know, we figure out how does it apply to our lives. Does the guy just like open up, you know? Does he take? <laughs> does, crazy. Does he take? Yeah. Does he take men's Bible study into women's Bible study? So the first words out of his mouth are like, "Guys, I really struggled with porn this week because that's every men's Bible study ever." And uh, and then I feel like I feel like that scenario is one that. I mean, I would love to be a fly on a wall for that. That sounds entertaining. Pipe, that's when it gets interesting. That's yeah. what I was going to say because what's going to happen is you're going to get some of the younger wives in there saying, hey, I thought I got to leave the mansplaining at home tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you get some, <laughs> you get some dude right. that wants to start like talking about his feelings. Well, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, do you see imagine the- just the mood around the room? I think it would be priceless. Yeah, it it it's, it really depends what kind of church this is as to what as to how the guy will roll because if it's a if it's a hardcore reformed church, it's de facto segregated by gender, but also if it's a hardcore reformed church, like if there's a man in the room, like everybody automatically defers to the man. 
So yeah. even if he's he could a end moron. up running the thing, even if he's you know? a complete and utter moron, he still gets to. Okay, like, what do you think yeah. would happen if it was a bi- if it was a women's Bible study led by by Rachel the Held Evans? I was going to say that if it man- was like a li- like a liberal. What would happen when the man walked into something like that? Like how? Like how? Like what kind of treatment would he receive? Even though let's just assume he's like trying to like you know please his wife. You could get some. You know what? We don't see gender, so we're happy to have you. I hope you feel comfortable. Um, it's not an issue for me that you're here. Uh, so some some of that kind of language. Pipe, what do you know? I'm going to talk for about 20 minutes about how it's not an issue for me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if if the if the leaders wanted to subversively get him to leave, they would just go around and tell all the women to begin talking about all matters of female hygiene and uh, and feminine issues, and that guy would bolt so fast. He'd be like, you know what, honey, I'm not feeling so great. I'm going to go wait in the car and listen to sports talk radio or whatever, you know, because I can't hang with this. So if if they were smart leaders or if Rachel the Held Evans was in charge, my guess is that she'd be like, all right, this week we're studying, I don't know, something about women's hygiene that makes every man uncomfortable. He'd be like, we're studying women's periods. And all of a sudden the guy's just gone. Like he's he's gone so fast. He's like, you know, I'm going to go volunteer in the kids ministry. I'm going to go change some diapers because I can't take this anymore. Can you, can you imagine the awkward conversation that the leader would have to have with the wife afterwards saying, you yeah. know, um, we, you know, <laughs> this is really meant for like, just for women. And yeah. we're going to have to ask you to not, you know, can you imagine how could, awkward Could you that not do that anymore? Oh, so bad. Oh, that'd be yeah, amazing. That's amazing. I'd love, uh, I'd love to ask the listener for more clarity. So if, if she could write back and, you know, just give yeah. us a few more details on on how that went. I would I would be fascinated just as a student of of humankind's pipe. And and as such, uh, on that level, we just had a Super Bowl, boys. Um, it was a great game. Uh, New England narrowly lost to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And in, in more than a game, though, the Super Bowl is a cultural event. We won't uh, we won't focus on the sports, not on this program, um, boys. I had a party, so I wasn't able to be as like dialed into the commercials and stuff as I usually am. But I, I saw a couple that I was intrigued by and I want to, uh, I want to get your take on these. Uh, first of all, big R, uh, I know you're a stranger things guy as am I. Um, I saw that Hopper made an appearance in an ad and I really, at that moment, I wish there were no people in my house so that I could just focus on hop <laughs> because I think he's the most fascinating person. And I would watch a show about him just like doing police paperwork if they offered that. But, uh, what was the Hopper commercial and how good was it? Yeah, the hop was doing uh, I think he was doing all the Tide commercials. Okay. And so Tide did this kooky thing where they they mimicked all of these old school other Super Bowl or just regular commercials that that we've seen in the past. And then Hop would sort of, you know, kind of come into it because you're thinking it's one thing. And then Hop would sort of pop into the screen making an appearance and he would turn it into like a Tide commercial. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so that's, that's really kind of what he did throughout the throughout the uh, throughout the night. Yeah, so I Ty to, just Ty yeah, just wanted to own the Super Bowl, right? They just want us to buy detergent. They just want us to know how they we're just wanted teens to eat some Tide pods. Absolutely, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. Crazy. So yeah, it was it was entertaining. It was it was good. I mean, I, of course, you know, I, I know people probably don't think I watched the Super Bowl. To which I say, uh, you know what? I, I mean, I got to eat. You know, the guy got to eat here, so I. I, uh, you know, I, I find a house where they're, they're showing the game where there's lots of delicious food. And, uh, you know, I actually watched the entire game this time, Big T. I think you'd be proud really, of me for baby. that. I'm very the proud. The entire game. The entire game. I've baby, never that. reminds that. me. The Ringer just did like a 
8,000 word tribute to any given Sunday. I got to send you this article. So don't let me forget. But, uh, but baby, what were your impressions? Not to turn this into happy rant sports, but did you have any impressions or did you come away with any like, um, noteworthy moments about the game itself? Like the actual football action? Yeah, I, I actually, I dug it, man. Okay. Okay. So what'd you dig about it, man? Lay that on me. Well, I'll tell you what I dig about it, man. I like, I, I like, um, I like underdogs. So, okay. so going into it, I know Philly was an underdog, and I loved when I learned the story of the co- the quarterback for Philly. Who, what was his name? Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles. I loved how this guy was essentially like like me. Like he he was just some slob that they had to pull up because <laughs> the real guy got hurt, and yeah. um, and he literally delivered the goods, but he did it against all the odds. And I'm telling mm. you, see, I'm. Into the backstory, the backstory of the players is what gets me interested in the actual game more than watching these dudes in tights run around playing with balls, right? So yeah. that that's kind of the thing for me. So knowing that that was his story, it made the game like super compelling to me, and I love that he defeated like the 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 dude married to the supermodel worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I love that. Fascinating, baby. So you got you got swept up in this whole. Nick Foles narrative. This is uh, this is really interesting to me. I didn't I didn't think stuff like that worked on you, but I'm I'm glad to hear that it does. Well, that makes uh, sense. I love the guy. That makes sense because that, that nobody cares about. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that makes sense because that sounds like the plot of a sports movie, like the backup quarterback coming in against you know the historically good team and sort of the evil yeah. genius coach and the pretty boy opponent quarterback with the supermodel significant other uh, like that. That is the plot of a sports movie. And, you know, Nick Foles is he's that guy. So I can see why Ronnie uh, fell in love with that storyline. Fascinating. It was Pipe. great. I, th- I thought it was epic. How did you consume the Super Bowl? Like what kind of a context were you in? Uh, I was at a friend's house with like you know, it was three or four, three or four uh, different families there, which means that it was regular interruptions by like barrages of children charging through and asking for brownies and queso yeah. and whatever else. So I missed a good chunk of the commercials as well. Um, yeah. I did manage to watch the majority of the game because I had to pick and choose, and I was like, well, if I'm going to pick, I'm going to try to watch the football part. Um, yep. And I watched the halftime show. Uh, I was. I was thoroughly entertained. I I really expected to be bored out of my mind because the Patriots are, you know, they're there every year, it feels like. And I don't like the Eagles because they beat the Vikings. So, but it ended up being a a pretty awesome football game. Yeah, it really was. Um, Pipe, any impressions from you on the halftime show? Uh, White people love Justin Timberlake. Um, And it felt, I mean, first of all, I think people who have really strong opinions about halftime shows should probably go see a doctor about that because (laughs) it's a halftime show. Uh, Right. But it was pretty boring. It was just sort of like, I mean, it was it was just sort of like it It was very standard halftime. It felt very high school musically, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of like fun, Mm -hmm. pop, upbeat, dance around safe, you know, other than him, like making out with all those people on the way to the stage. Um, but other than that, I was just sort of like, yeah, this just, this feels like high school musical meets talent show, you know, and the, what, from a musical standpoint, I was kind of bothered because I'm like, he's actually a good musician, but you couldn't tell it from the halftime show. Right. Right. Big R, I have a, I have a philosophical question for you and then we're going to have to wrap the program. But, um, given this discussion of halftime shows and, 
I don't know how much you ever dreamed of Joy E playing a halftime show at the Super Bowl. I don't know if that ever like drifted through your transom as a as a dream. Um, I dreamed about it for you. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I never um, dreamt about it. That was too far. It's too far reaching, but I appreciate you dreaming about it. That that helps me yeah. right now, just knowing you dreamt about it. No, I mean, you're a realist. You're a businessman. So my question for you is this. Uh, I have played or coached on on kind of every low level of football there is, right? I've, I've seen the the dark underbelly of the sport in, in various low levels. Um, what What's the highest level of football, college or professional, that you could see Joy E playing the halftime show for. Um, oh man, that's rough, are, dude. Are we talking um, like a like a low tier, like you know, late December college bowl game? Are we talking? I think guess, that's generous. Okay. <laughs> are we talking arena football? So we're talking indoors. I see. I see Joy E as kind of more of a more of an indoorsman's band. So yeah, for sure. Maybe we're talking arena ball, man. Uh, yeah, I think I think we would have been lucky to get an arena gig. Right. Okay. And it would have been it would have been like an arena gig because we were on tour with the band that actually got the arena gig and we were just happened to be opening for them. And part of the package was you have to let this band open for us before like we do the main thing. OK, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Pipe, what do you think about this? What the highest level of uh, of halftime show for Joy? Um, like like division two or three college basketball. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't Uh, consider basketball, but that actually makes a lot more sense. I know we were talking about football, but like football, football has a halftime culture. Yes. Whereas basketball has halftime like opportunities, you know, so like, and, and at the lower levels, like half the time, nothing happens during halftime. And so it's like kids out there shooting on the court or whatever, but sometimes they're like, Hey, we have, we, there's a band on campus at the school or a local band or, you know, a beatboxer or whatever. Not to say that Joy E is any of those things, but it's sort of like, it's, it's the offbeat opportunity. And so I feel like that, that could be where it worked. Well, having said that, Pipe, I mean, we did play quite a few. In fact, I couldn't probably count them, the the number of, like, basketball gyms we played over the year. So there's right. I mean, there, there's something. There's I'm something picturing to- all of the Wheaton College basketball games that I attended in my four years there, which was almost every home game because I was friends with a number of the basketball players and I really enjoyed going. And, uh, and it feels like the kind of thing that could work, like, where you play there, but then they're also like, and in the student center afterwards, you'll get like the more full show. So like you're going to play Lots here and then go yeah. set up at this. You're going to go set up at the, you know, the student union or the student center uh, for a post game con, you know, late night concert kind of thing. I'll tell you this, boys, and you'll probably like this bit of news and we don't have to suss it out. But, you know, one of the uh, one of the highlights or lowlights, depending on how you want to view it um, for Joy E was um, some promoter got it. got this grand idea to put us and Petra together in a high Whoa. school gym. Baby. And, uh, so we uh, we uh, we got to open for Petra. I mean, two of the I mean, you really couldn't find, you know, opposite ends of the polls, you know, and this is Petra. This is like 20 years ago. So it's way when their career is like, I don't even know, you know, they're on their 19th singer. The, the original band is probably yeah. not even alive anymore, but they're still somehow out there touring. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so we uh, so we we got together for one unforgettable evening, Joy E and Petra. And uh, it was uh, it was an experience. I'll just say that, baby. That sounds amazing, um, boys. My wife just hand delivered me uh, a hot cup of Lagaris Roasters Happy Ranch Signature Blend, which I'm drinking out uh, of. Double K. Say hi to Double K. Yeah, it, 
Baby, say hi to Bigar. It's been a few years. Hey, Bigar. There she double? is. There's yeah. double. Yeah, and I'm I'm drinking this bad boy out of a, a Happy Rant uh, coffee mug. Very handsome uh, black mug with the white Happy Rant logo on it. So uh, I'm I'm loving life right now. Well, boys. speaking of that on. mug, I always forget to mention this because we don't have a specific promotion with them, but all of our mm-hmm. swag is through Mission Aware. And I think if you use the code the code Happy Rant Pod or Happy Rant at checkout, I'm not sure which. I think it's just Happy Rant. Uh, you get it like a 10 percent discount. So uh, if you're interested in mugs or Yeti mugs or moleskins or T-shirts or whatever, and you go to missionalware.com and use the code HAPPYRANT, I'm pretty sure you get a discount because I think that's just a standing offer they have, and I'm a, a, a terrible businessman who forgets to mention that. No, Pipe, that's a that's good business right there, and that's what we do on this show. Um, we do good business. Um, boys, we have wandered – to and fro throughout these topics. I'm getting ahead of myself even. I'm, I'm just – I'm excited about thinking Big R, thinking about Big R playing a, a Division II college halftime. You know what, Pipe? What are the odds that we could get Big R out to Union University to do a halftime show? Oh, um, that, oh. would, that would just bring a lot of things together. You could make the trip down from Nashville – um, I would absolutely that, make that trip. I would make that trip so fast. The question is, does Big R want to do a halftime show at a collegiate sporting event? He seemed lukewarm on the idea a few moments mm. ago. Big R, let me tell you what Union had for a halftime show at the last game I went to. So this is Division II basketball. Um, halftime happens, and there's a group of high school cheerleaders. And apparently this was like the state high school cheerleading, you know, uh, champions like many, many years in a row. And they had these big elaborate, like interlocking mats. And for like the first eight or nine minutes of the 15 minute halftime, it was just an exercise in watching these kids, like put these mats together, which was really like, for me, it was good television. Like it was, it was really high drama, you know, are all these, you know, adolescent kids going to be able to like fit this thing together. Um, and then like the last seven minutes, it was these huge, um, like hormonal guys just winging these girls like literally up into the rafters and then catching them before they, you know, before they hit the ground. Um, it was pretty fascinating. So I have to tell you, that's what you're up against. You know, that's oh, what, boy. that's oh, what boy. the people have come to expect. That is so. some steep competition, Ronald. It is boys. I am pouring all of my effort now into, uh, these things called the happy rant live events. So that there is where go. all the yeah. effort goes boys. Cause I'm, cause, uh, because that's where I'm at now. Because you, we're can't, all in on you can't compete with high school cheerleaders. Well, that's, we're all in on this. Oh, that was <laughs> but, always true. But who can? Absolutely, who can? Boys, we are uh, we are remiss again in that uh, we meant fully intended to talk about uh, a ranking, uh, a ranking of the 125 most influential uh, gospel-centered movement people that ran on uh, Gospel Coalition. So at Jared C. Wilson, you're going to have to wait another week for us to suss that out. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Have you ever 
felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Corley Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.